again, everyone. This is Rich Chassie with Daily in the Word. Look forward to reading through Genesis chapter 23 today. And we are coming to the end of the story of Abraham and Sarah. Today is Sarah's death. That's the topic of chapter 23. We'll be covering that today, and then Abraham will focus on finding a bride for his son Isaac going forward, and Abraham will soon pass off the stage here. But today is Sarah, so let's go ahead and begin reading in Genesis chapter 23 and verse 1. Sarah lived to be 127 years old. She died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan, and Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep over her. Then Abraham rose from beside his dead wife and spoke to the Hittites. He said, I am a foreigner and stranger among you. Sell me some property for a burial site here so I can bury my dead. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Sir, listen to us. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will refuse you his tomb for burying your dead. Then Abraham rose and bowed down before the people of the land, the Hittites. He said to them, If you are willing to let me bury my dead, then listen to me and intercede with Ephron of Zohar on my behalf, so he will sell me the cave of Machpelah, which belongs to him and is at the end of his field. Ask him to sell it to me for the full price as a burial site among you. Ephron the Hittite was sitting among his people and replied to Abraham in the hearing of all the Hittites who had come to the gate of his city. No, my lord, he said, listen to me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of my people. Bury your dead. Again Abraham bowed down before the people of the land, and he said to Ephron in their hearing, Listen to me, if you will. I will pay the price of the field. Accept it from me so I can bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, Listen to me, my lord. The land is worth four hundred shekels of silver. But what is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed to Ephron's terms and weighed out for him the price he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, four hundred shekels of silver, according to the weight current among the merchants. So Ephron's field in Machpelah, near Mamre, both the field and the cave in it, and all the trees within the borders of the field, was deeded to Abraham as his property in the presence of all the Hittites, who had come to the gate of the city. Afterward, Abraham buried his wife Sarah in the cave in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre, which is at Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave in it were deeded to Abraham by the Hittites as a burial site. As I mentioned before, this is a transition period between the stories of Abraham and Sarah now focusing, beginning to focus on Isaac and Abraham's descendants following Isaac. This is a big part of the book of Genesis. We have the creation account. We have what happened to creation after the fall. We have the story of Noah and the ark and the flood. 
God starting over with Noah, that not working as well, and now God has chosen a man, Abraham, who was a pagan idol worshiper, and God chose him and called him to come to Canaan, and God would give to him the land. God promised him that his offspring would become a great and mighty nation. Abraham believed God, and God counted that belief as righteousness for Abraham. And now Sarah, who lives to the age of 127 years old when she dies, that puts Isaac at the age of 37. So what a blessing that Isaac was for Abraham and Sarah. She died at Kiriath Arba, which is near Hebron, which is just south of what would become Jerusalem. Remember the character Melchizedek, who was the king of Salem. That's the precursor to Jerusalem, what would be known as Jerusalem later on. So Abraham, after he finishes mourning for his wife, rises and goes to the Hittites. This is the people in the land who were in control at that time and who owned the land in that time. And Abraham said to them in verse 4, I'm a foreigner and stranger among you. Sell me some property for a burial site here so I can bury my dead. Now, this is an interesting development in that Abraham doesn't take his wife back to Padam Haran, where he was called from. He is not burying his dead among his ancestors. He is saying, I have a new land. I have a new promise. And even though Abraham didn't own any of the territory yet, he is going to make sure that he has a future burial place for the rest of his family by now buying this cave and this piece of land in order to do that. He begins with bargaining with these Hittite leaders that were meeting there in the city gate there at Hebron. The bidding, if you will, begins. And they start by saying, Abraham, verse 6, you are a mighty prince among us. We have respect for you. That's what they thought of Abraham. They recognized that God's hand of blessing was on Abraham. They honored him. And so they said, bury your dead in the choices of our tombs. Abraham, if you want to bury Sarah in one of our tombs, none of us would refuse you that. You can come and visit anytime but it would still be their land, not Abraham's. So verse 7, Abraham rose and bowed down, showing respect before the people of the land, the Hittites. And he said to them, if you're willing to let me bury my dead, then listen to me and intercede with Ephron of Zohar on my behalf. So he will sell me the cave of Machpelah, which belongs to him and is at the end of his field. Ask him to sell it to me for the full price as a burial site among you. Now, it's interesting that Ephron, this Hittite man, was there and could hear what Abraham was saying, but for some reason it would have been improper for Abraham to speak directly to Ephron until he had permission from the elders of these other Hittites there at the city gate. So Ephron says, no, 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 my lord. Listen to me. I give you the field and I give you the cave 
that is in it, verse 11, I give it to you here in the presence of my people, bury your dead. Now, this isn't the offer it seems to be. It seems as if Ephron is saying, listen, I'm going to give you this property so that you can bury your dead and you can have it. But that's not what's going on here. This is ancient Bedouin bidding and negotiation tactics on display here. It was a giving for a giving. He was going to give Abraham something And it sounds like a gift, but it's really not. There's an expectation of something given in return. And Abraham doesn't want any part of that. He doesn't want any strings that would tie him to any of these Hittite people and their customs and their lands. He wants this to be free and clear. He wants to pay for it so that it it is his Everyone knows that it's his. It has been properly deeded to him so that there's no question that this cave at Machpelah and this field, that it would belong to Abraham and not that it would be some sort of quote-unquote gift or some sort of favor that they were doing for Abraham. So verse 12, he says it to Ephron and so that everyone could hear it. Listen to me, if you will. I will pay the price of the field, accept it from me so that I can bury my dead there. And Ephron answers, listen to me, my lord, the land is worth 400 shekels of silver. Now, this would have been an exorbitant price, a high asking price, because he's kind of expecting more negotiation. But that's not what happens. So Abraham agrees right there on the spot and weighs out for him the price of this 400 shekels that was in the hearing of all of the Hittites. And so this land and the cave that was located there was all properly accounted for and deeded to Abraham so that it would be in his family and in his family's name in perpetuity. This is what Abraham wanted. It was Abraham's way of saying, this is God's promise, this land, even though I don't own any of it yet. This is what God has promised to me, and so I will take this step of saying this is now my family's land. I'm not going back to Padam Haran. I'm not going back to where my ancestors were. I am instead staking a new claim here in Canaan, a claim that God had promised to me. Ephron's field, verse 17, at Machpelah near Mamre, both the field and the cave in it, all the trees, everything within the borders of that field, was deeded to Abraham as his property in the presence of all the Hittites who had come to the gate of the city. So Abraham was out front and open, done in public so that everyone could see. Everything was above board. Everything was out in the open. Everything was done in a way that everyone could approve that what Abraham had done was above board and honorable in how he handled this transaction. Abraham wanted to make sure that he had this field and this cave free of any entanglement with the Hittites whatsoever. And that's exactly what happened there. And so he buried his wife, verse 19, he buried his wife, Sarah, in the cave, in the field of Machpelah, near Mamre, which is at Hebron, in the land of Canaan. 
that was his family's burial site. And indeed, Abraham would later, when he passes away, we'll see this later in the text, Abraham will be buried in this cave, as will Isaac and Rebekah, as will Jacob and Leah. And so we see this going all the way through the rest of the book of Genesis, how Abraham's descendants after him will be buried in this cave, in this very location. So once again, we see the faithfulness of God at work here. We see the wisdom of Abraham in the way that he purchases this field and this cave. And we see God's plan moving forward to give Abraham the land and to provide an heir for Abraham, his offspring becoming eventually this great and mighty nation. It's all part of what God is doing throughout this book of Genesis to, to bring a redeemer from the loins of Abraham, to bring a redeemer who would redeem the world, save the world. And that's what we find in our Jesus, our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you so much again for your word. Lord, we cannot have enough of knowing and understanding your word, that what we have in this text is a history of your movement, your plan put into place of how you were going to bring the Redeemer, the seed of the woman promised back in Genesis 3, who would be the one to save us from our sin, to save the world from its sin. And so, Lord, we trust you as Abraham demonstrated trust in this moment by going through all of the details of this step of purchasing this land and this cave. May we be faithful in following through with what we might think are the small details of life, but you've called us to be faithful in everything, and the consequences are great if we fail to be faithful. But in this instance, we see that Abraham follows through and remains faithful, and you bless him, and you reward him as a result of that. So again, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you do this work in our lives as well, even though we may not recognize it, even though in this life we may not see it, just as with Abraham, who didn't see the complete fulfillment of the promise that you've made to him. He knew that one day in his sight, it would be fulfilled. And that's true for us too. And Lord, we look forward to that day when we will see you face to face and all the promises will be fulfilled. You will do it because you cannot do anything other than what you have promised. What we have in you is our great Savior, who is faithful to fulfill his promises. And we can bank on that. We can count on it. We can count on you. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, thanks again for listening today here on Daily in the Word, and we'll be back at it again tomorrow as we begin to uh, dive into Genesis chapter 24, the story of Isaac and Rebecca and their meeting, and what a wonderful story that will be. It's a lengthy chapter. We'll probably break it up into two portions. But until then, until we see you tomorrow, I pray that you have a great day, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye.